Absolute control, a pledge of allegiance, worship. This will be the goal of the Antichrist kingdom in the near future. In many ways, we are watching just such a system being established right now. But we'll analyze these events and much more while taking your calls on this open line edition of The End Time Show. Good afternoon, everybody. I'm Dave Robbins with End Time Ministries. Thank you for joining me on this edition of The End Time Show. I will be taking your calls today. The number to reach me, 1-877-363-8463. Now, uh, before I get to the calls here, and you go ahead and call in, because I mean, I'll go to them here in just a moment, but I'm researching this artificial intelligence. You know that Elon Musk has... has uh, talked about the potential dangers for this many times, but artificial intelligence, it's the, the ability of a digital computer or a, a computer-controlled robot to perform tasks commonly associated with intelligent beings. The ability to even talk back and forth to a human being. You may have seen this on television or on, a, on, the, on YouTube. Uh, interaction between man and machine. But I want us to consider the correlation of this technology to end-time Bible prophecy. Revelation 13, 15. The Bible says, And he had power to give life unto the image of the beast, that the image of the beast should both speak and cause that as many as would not worship the image of the beast, that they should be killed. So, speaking and worshiping the image of the beast. The word worship or worshiped is referred to in five times in Revelation chapter 13. And there, is, there are articles coming out that this artificial intelligence could lead to a religion and that it, people would worship it because it would seem like a god in a computer. And I thought, I, 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 just, I never thought anything like this would come into play where people would worship a machine. However, it's of utmost importance that we understand the Bible says in the end time that people will worship the dragon, they will worship the Antichrist, and they will worship his image. Well, how would they worship the image of the Antichrist? Could it be that the Antichrist will make false images of himself? You know, that when uh, Donald Trump was arraigned here a while back in New York, and that people had used these um, different programs on the computer to make it look like he was actually getting arrested and he was running from the police, but it was all fake. But pe many people believed it. Well... Imagine what the Antichrist will be able to do with that. He'll have, he'll have the, the highest levels of this technology available at his fingertips. And he will be able to uh, 
use this technology, any technology, for His benefit and to get people to worship Him and to pledge allegiance to Him. And there are already people talking about AI worshipers, artificial intelligence worshipers. Now, I've got some info to go through on that if I don't get to it today because I want to I make sure we get to your calls here momentarily. But there's so much information coming out on that about artificial intelligence worshipers. And there are people that are saying, hey, we need to treat this as just as valid as a religion as somebody who's a Presbyterian or a, a Methodist or a Catholic. Artificial intelligence, everybody. Never thought I'd see something like that, but wow. I've got articles talking about this stuff already, and so if I have time, we'll get into it. I may do some of it Monday, but let's go straight to the phones and um, see if we can't answer a few questions here. Now, there was a question um, from an individual. I think he may have just went off the line, but he was asking about if there's any updates on the RFID chips and things like that. There are tens of thousands of people around the world that already have RFID chips implanted in them. That is one of the precursors that we're seeing that could lead us into the Mark of the Beast system. But that's not the only thing. And, and yeah, the, and th that's something I absolutely would never do. Revelation uh, chapter 13, verses 16 through 17. He will cause all, both small and great, rich and poor, free and bond, to receive a mark in their right hand or in their forehead. And without that, they wouldn't be able to buy or sell. That is something I absolutely would never do. I would never. Two things I would never do. I'll never do it. I'll never uh, take a mark of identification on my person. Never. Uh, a, an invisible tattoo, an RFID chip, a barcode, anything like that. I will never take that on my person anywhere. And I will never pledge allegiance, thereby worshiping the Antichrist and his world governing system. And so do I see any more efforts coming down the pike to push an RFID chip here in America? Not presently. I know there have been some companies that have done that, but as far as a government mandate, no. Overseas, they're really, really, really pushing it. No government mandates as of yet, but I'm, I'm watching these things and haven't seen anything like that as of yet. So, RFID chip update. There are people that are getting those things implanted in them. There are people here in the United States get, that are getting them implanted in them just as a, a kind of like a lark. Uh, I want to open my car door, use it as a Bluetooth or something like that, but nothing that would be government mandated to get you to bow down to their edicts or something like that. Um, but it is happening in other parts of the world. They are being pushed. Nothing is mandatory yet. Now, let's go um, straight back to the phones here. Let's go to Tammy in Kentucky. God bless Tammy. Welcome to the End Time Show. Thank you. Yes, ma'am. Um, I was wondering about a couple of things. Uh, the dimensions of the New Jerusalem, can you explain why it shows dimensions in the Bible for that? Yeah. So if you understand um, this symbolism of Revelation chapter 21, many of the prophecies written in the book of Revelation are written in symbols. Now, some of them are not. Some people like to say, well, all the prophecies written in symbols. No, it's not. Some of it's very literal. When it talks about a war or something like that, that's actually literal. But some of them are written in symbols. 
And so in Revelation chapter 21 where it mentions the New Jerusalem and it talks about the dimensions of that, um, you have to understand the symbolism in Revelation 21. If you go to Revelation uh, 21 where it talks about the New Jerusalem, it's, well, I, t uh, so Tammy, can you hold over the break here? Yes, yeah, sure. Okay, yeah, yeah, very good. So hold over the break here and I'll get back and we'll talk about the symbolism of this because I want you to understand who the New Jerusalem is or what that is. Once you understand what it is, then you kind of get to understanding the symbolism of it all. And so we'll get into this when we get back from the break. But uh, today's call-in day, everybody, 1-877-363-8463. They that understand what is taking place will instruct many. Except a man is born again, he can enter or see the kingdom of God. I don't care what label you've been given or what label you've given yourself, you are essential. You still matter. This is a journey, and when we get to the other side of that, that's where our prize is, that's where our reward is. End time is not going anywhere. Satan and the elites of this world don't want you to understand the timeline leading to the second coming of Jesus. You can pinpoint where we are in the end time, understand how you fit in, and be filled with hope in God's plan by watching the future according to Bible prophecy. Go to endtime.com future or call 800-END-TIME. That's 800-363-8463. What if you could understand Bible prophecy? Dave Robbins, the host of the End Time Show's TV and radio programs, is holding a free prophecy conference near you. Gain peace and understanding about what the Bible says concerning End Time prophecy. Call 1-800-END-TIME or go to endtime.com slash events to see when Dave will be in a location near you. Everybody. Welcome back. We're going to go straight back to the phones here. Uh, Tammy, are you with me? Yes, I am. Okay, very good. So, Tammy, the, the question about the New Jerusalem, there, the Bible says there are two Jerusalems. There's a physical Jerusalem that is in Israel today, and then also there is a spiritual Jerusalem. Well, when it mm -hmm. talks about the New Jerusalem in Revelation 21, John said, and he's in Revelation 21 too, John said, And I saw the holy city, the new Jerusalem, coming down from God out of heaven, prepared as a bride adorned for her husband. Now, we know, um, if you understand, you know, uh, most people kind of understand that the bride is the church of Jesus Christ. So, John said, I saw the holy city, a new Jerusalem, coming down from God out of heaven, prepared as a bride adorned for her husband. 
And then he goes on down to Revelation 21, and he says, And there came unto me one of the seven angels, which had the seven vials of the seven last plagues. And he talked with me and said, Hey, John, come hither, and I will show you the bride, the lamb's wife. And the Bible says, And he carried me away in the spirit to a great high mountain. And what did he show him? He showed him the bride, the lamb's wife. And it says, And he showed me that great city, the holy Jerusalem, descending out of heaven from God. So what is John seeing here? God is, uh, John is seeing a symbolic view of the bride of Christ, the church in the future. And so he goes on down here to describe that in symbols. Um, there are 12 foundations and there are 12 gates and the, the names of the, tri the tribes of Israel are on the gates. The names of the apostles are on the foundations. Well, then he gets down to um, where it talks about the 144,000, the dimensions of it. And he says, and, there, and the city lieth foursquare. Now, when it says city, you've got to remember that it's, it's a symbolic view of the church. So he says, and the city lieth foursquare. The length is as large as the breadth, the, 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 and it measured the city with a reed, 12,000 furlongs, the length and the breadth thereof, and the height are equal. He measured the wall thereof, 144 cubits, according to the measure of the man that is of the angel. So, Tammy, I cannot, as far as the measurements goes, and you understand that back in uh, Revelation 7 and in Revelation 14, it mentions the 144,000. Well, now it, when you come to Revelation 21, it says this, that this city is, and the 144,000 is part of the church, the Jewish-Gentile church mixed, where when you come to the New Jerusalem in Revelation 21, and it says it's got 12 foundations, and the walls thereof are 144 cubits, it is a symbolic view. Now, can I explain the measurements 100%? No, I cannot and how the symbolism ties in here. But I know when we're talking about this entity, this New Jerusalem, it's describing the church. And so that's what we believe the measurements are referring to. It's some kind of a dimension or a symbolic view of the church in the end time. It's not a physical city. And that, that should help us to understand um, the, the prophecy here in Revelation 21. Okay. Yep. Um, and the the uh, mark in the forehead, could that possibly be the eye recognition that's out? So it absolutely, yeah. Forehead? Yeah, it absolutely could. Um, the Well, as far as like retinal scan uh, and yeah. fingerprints. Fingerprints are in the hand, retinal mm -hmm. scan in the forehead. So it absolutely could be. Um, at this point, I don't know for sure. But um, it absolutely could be, sure, absolutely. Yeah, that crossed my mind. Yeah. And I, I was just wondering, but I'll, I'll let you go real quick. I was just wondering if maybe you could um, recommend a church in my area. Yeah, so here's All what right, we'll I'll go about getting that. Yeah, so if you could email me, uh, drobbins at endtime.com, D-R-O-B-B-I-N-S at endtime.com, and mm -hmm. give me your zip code and the city that you live in. I've got a database of thousands of churches all over the United States and actually in Canada, and I've got people, found people churches all over the world of a good Bible-believing, Bible-teaching church in your area. In all the years I've been doing this, Tammy, 
um, probably, I don't know, close to two decades now, I have, there's only a handful of people that I have not been able to find them a church within 25 miles of their city. Mm -hmm. uh, now, there are some people in Montana that live like 80 or 90 miles. <laughs> They're out there in the middle of nowhere. So, right. But most of the time, I can find you a church pretty close. Uh, and so that's what we do. Me, myself, Doug Norvell, uh, we'll find you a church close to you. Uh, and it's, it's a true church. We don't recommend just any church. I'll find right. you. I was wanting, yeah, yeah. I was just wanting something that kind of followed along with uh, the tribula tribulation time frame and stuff because of most of the churches I've been to, they right. believe a little different than I do, and that's why yeah. I'm having a hard time finding a church. So what, what all, when we, and this is for everybody, Tammy, thank you for bringing this up. When mm -hmm. we find when we find somebody a church, because I, me and Doug and some many of us here have sent thousands and thousands of people to churches over the years. I can guarantee you because the people that I would send you to are licensed with the same organization myself and my father-in-law, Irvin Baxter, were licensed with. That's the kind of church I would send you to. I cannot guarantee that they will believe in the timing of the rapture like we do, or or have our views of prophecy. However, I, I, I know what they teach as far as salvation goes. And that it's a, we'll send you to a church that you can go to heaven in. I'll put it like that. And then okay. we may have to work on their prophecy views as we go. <laughs> Been doing that for okay. years. Yeah, yeah. But uh, yeah, get a hold of me, drobbins at endtime.com or Doug Norvell at dnorvell with two L's at endtime.com. And uh, we'll certainly find you a good church, Tammy. Okay, I appreciate it. All Thanks right. for taking my time. God bless you, my friend. And that goes for everybody out there. I mean, if you would like for us to find you a good Bible-believing, Bible-teaching church, because I've got a, if, if I run out of calls, i got a bunch of questions to go through. One of them is people being deceived, and if possible, the very elect would be deceived in the end time. How could somebody do that? Well, one of the things is not being part of a good Bible-believing, Bible-teaching church and having a good working knowledge of the Word of God in the end time. You Listen, everybody, I deal with a lot of people. And one of the things I am shocked at is the amount of biblical illiteracy in our society. People that you would think w would be very versed on the Bible, I'm shocked that very, very little knowledge of the Word of God, just a basic surface knowledge of the Word of God. And so that's going to be very important that you have a working knowledge of the Word of God because the Bible says you shall know the truth and the truth will set you free. If you don't have a working knowledge of the Word of God, then you're in bondage and you may not even know it. And so that's very, very, very important. So uh, thank you, Tammy, for bringing that up and uh, you have a great weekend. Make sure you contact me or Doug. We will find you a church uh, in Jesus' name. Okay, uh, let's go to... Jimmy in Canada. God bless Jimmy. Welcome to the End Time Show. Hi. How are you doing, Jimmy? Good. How about you? I'm doing tremendous. Awesome. This is cool. Uh, so my question is for the Christians that didn't make it to the final seven years to the end of the first resurrection. Uh -huh. Where will they be during the thousand-year reign waiting for the second resurrection, if I'm wording it right? Yes. Yep. So the every... Christian will go in the rapture, in the first resurrection. 
Now, you may be asking that question. I don't know if you understand uh, what we believe as far as the timing of the rapture. But we believe that the church will be here all the way through the final seven years and that the rapture, the marriage supper of the Lamb, and the second coming of Jesus Christ is one continuous event. And, that, and, that's, and the Lord comes back, plants His feet upon the Mount of Olives, immediately after the marriage supper of the Lamb in the sky, that's the battle of Armageddon. So the, all of the Christians, um, the ones that are in the grave, they'll be in the grave all the way up to the time of the rapture. The Christians who are alive and remain, the Bible says, at the time of the rapture, at the time of the rapture, the dead in Christ will rise first. Those Christians who are alive and remain will be caught up to meet them in the air. So shall we ever be with the Lord. It all happens at the very end of the Great Tribulation, um, not prior to that. So there's not two things we got to worry about here. Well, the, does the Lord come back and rapture His church prior to the Tribulation, and then He comes at the Second Coming, and what about rapture saints and all that? There's no such thing as any of that. There's only the church, and they go through the Great Tribulation, and then that's when the rapture occurs. Jesus said it would occur immediately after the Tribulation of those days. So once you understand that, then that answers your question. Okay. Yes, sir. Thank you. All right. Thank you very much, my friend. And um, you have a great weekend. You know, everybody, that's why it's of utmost importance. You know, I, I've had people tell me, why do you guys um, teach a post-tribulation rapture? Because uh, it's not a salvation issue. And, uh, you know, it, when God, we're not appointed unto God's wrath and da-da-da. Okay, so I understand. Yes, it is not a salvation issue at this point. You say, well, what do you mean? Well, uh, my father-in-law or uh, my father-in-law's parents, Irvin Baxter's parents, were believed in a pre-trib rapture. Now they're both gone on to be with the Lord, and they're saved. They're going to they're going to make it. It's not a salvation issue. They believed it, not a salvation issue. However, if we some people are so staunch in their belief in a pre-trib that when it comes to, when the mark of the beast is being doled out, there is a chance that somebody would say, well, this isn't the mark of the beast. This is simply another government number for me to get my government subsidies. I can take this. And because they believe so, they're so emphatic that we're going to be caught out of here when this stuff happens, that at that point, it absolutely could become a salvation issue. Now, we've got to talk about these things. Because you cannot take the mark of the beast. That is of eternal consequence. Revelation chapter 14. So, it is important that we teach. It's not a salvation issue at this point, but at some point it could be. And, plus, why do we teach a post-trib rapture? Because I want to teach the truth. And the Bible's clear as a bell that the rapture occurs immediately after the tribulation of those days. I'm not trying to be contentious. My father-in-law was never trying to be contentious. But I want to teach the truth. The Bible says, you shall know the truth. And when Jesus said immediately, in Matthew 24, 29-31, Jesus said immediately after the tribulation of those days, with the sun be darkened, moon shall not give her light, um, the stars will fall from heaven, the powers of heaven shall be shaken. Then shall they see the sign of the coming of the Son of Man, and he shall send his angels with the sound of a great trumpet, and they shall gather together his elect. That's the rapture. When did Jesus say that that would happen? 
immediately after the tribulation of those days. Now, I, I can go through a lot more scripture, a lot of different texts, a lot of different things. However, we've got to understand the timing of thing, these things. Why? Because it's, it's a truth in the Bible, number one. Number two, I don't want to get to the point where some people would say, well, I, you know, we're getting all kinds of numbers from the government. What happens if they come out with central bank digital currencies? What are you going to do? And it's not the mark of the beast maybe in the beginning, but it will be something that may they use later to force conformant to their edicts. And so, you know, I mean, that's why I say there's two things I'll never do. I'll never take a mark of identification on my person. Never, never, ever, ever. And I'll never pledge allegiance to the Antichrist and his world governing system. So, it's of utmost importance that we teach the truth on these things. You say, well, uh, you guys are mavericks and you're just trying to be uh, rebels. No. I'm teaching the Word of God here and um, that's all I want to do. I'm, I'm teaching the truth. The Bible teaches a post-tribulation rapture. And once you get your... You say, well, we're not appointed under the wrath of God. Right. The Great Tribulation is not the wrath of God. The great tribulation is the wrath of Satan. Revelation chapter 12. The Bible says that um, there's a, in Revelation 12, there's a war in heaven. Michael and his archangels overcome Satan and his angels, bind them to the earth. The Bible says, hey, whoa, rejoice you that are in heaven, but woe to the inhabitants of the earth, because Satan comes down unto you having great wrath. And he persecutes the woman with 12 stars around her head, which is Israel. And those that have the testimony of Jesus Christ which is the church. That's the great... And he, the Bible says that Israel will be carried away on the wings of a great eagle where she is nursed in her place for time, times, and half a time. That's the three and a half year period, the great tribulation. That's Satan's wrath. God's wrath is Revelation 16 when the vials of the wrath of God are poured out at the Battle of Armageddon. And the first vials poured out upon those that received the mark of the beast during the Great Tribulation. So that lets us know that that occurs at the very end of the Tribulation period. So, two different wraths. I ought to write an article on that. Two different wraths. Uh, that would be a good one. Uh, I need to, Somebody write that down and email me. I don't have time to right now, but the two different wraths. Uh, we'll talk about that because that's the Great Tribulation and the difference in the wrath of God. Uh, Doug Norvell, if you're listening, write that down, my friend. Uh, we'll do something on that in the near future. Okay, let's go right back to the phones here. Let's go to Jules in Washington. God bless Jules. Welcome to the End Time Show. Hello, uh, Dave. How are you Good doing? Good to talk to you again. Yeah, you too. I have tried to call you since two weeks ago in regard to this topic. Okay. Um, I, I, hey, I, Jules. I do, Jules, yeah. sorry to interrupt you. I'm coming up to a break. I'm sorry I brought you right on here at the end. Um, can you hold across the break and then we'll pick it back up? Sure. Very good. Uh, thank you, my friend. And so I want to say, everybody, make sure, I didn't mention this by now, before now, but make sure that you guys are going on to um, our End Time website and pre-ordering. We got the Understanding the End Time DVDs coming out before very long and the book that will accompany that. So make sure you pre-order that and get them first. The symbols and prophecies within the book of Revelation have perplexed Christians and unbelievers around the world. In his final work, Revelation, the Unveiling of Jesus Christ Part 2. The late Irvin Baxter unlocks the mystery of the book of Revelation with in-depth analysis and commentary like you've never heard before. These comprehensive study tools, available for $299, will deepen your biblical understanding. Don't miss this special offer. 
Call 1-800-END-TIME or go to endtime.com. Hi, I'm Judy Baxter. When Irvin and I got married, we didn't realize that our calling would be a prophetic ministry. Since we started End Time Ministries, there have been many times we weren't sure how we would pay the bills, but God has always provided. We started with the magazine, then went on radio and TV, and now we have the Jerusalem Prophecy College in Israel and online with End Time Plus. The mission has always been to reach people with the gospel of Jesus Christ and the End Time message. Through the years, my husband would say, we will see revival like never before in the last days. We are living in the end time now. Thank you for walking this journey with us and continuing in prayer. You are a part of the team. Thank you for your generous support. It is necessary for God's purpose. The most important thing is that you are ready when the Lord comes. Our hope is to help prepare you for that day. God bless you and we love you. Welcome back, everybody. I tell you what, let's go straight back to the phones. Uh, sorry about that, Jules. Uh, what you got? All right. Try to explain to me in regard to the dragon in China. Yeah. I do understand you said before the Bible said about the bear, the lion, mm -hmm. the leopard related to the countries. Uh, meanwhile, right now, China is, the symbol of China is dragon. Yes. Uh, you did mention as well that at the end times, the Bible didn't say much about China. Meanwhile, yes. China is becoming a superpower country in the world right now, coming up soon. Yes. Uh, it's almost like that. So what, were, what would happen? How is to differentiate which dragon, how do you know for sure dragon in the Bible refers to Satan? Yes. So in Revelation, so just let's bring everybody in on our conversation here, Jules. In... Uh, really quick, Daniel 7. Daniel sees an image of a, a four beast, a lion with eagle's wings, a bear, a four-headed leopard, and a ten-horned beast. Just to keep it short here, the lion with eagle's wings are symbolic of nations. It tells us that the nations and the leaders of those nations, it tells us that in Daniel 7, verses uh, 17 and 23. So, the lion is the modern-day nation of Great Britain. The eagle's wings that were plucked out of the lion and made stand upon a feet as a man, that's the United States. The bear is Russia. The leopard is Germany. And the ten-horned beast is the current European Union, the reborn Holy Roman Empire. If you jump forward 650 years from that to Revelation chapter 13, John sees a vision of not, not four separate beasts, but one beast come up out of the sea. It had the body of the leopard, Germany, the feet of the bear, Russia, the mouth of the lion, Great Britain, and the ten horns of the ten horn kingdom. And the Bible says that the dragon gave it its seat, power, and great authority. Well, what's the dragon there? Well, if you jump back one chapter, the Bible says that uh, Revelation 12, 9, and the great dragon was cast out, that old serpent called the devil and Satan, which deceiveth the whole world, he was cast out into the earth, and the angels were cast out with him. The Bible tells us in two places in end-time Bible prophecy that the dragon is Satan himself, not the nation of China. 
And so that, and it's also in Revelation chapter 20, verses 1 and 2, when Satan is bound for a thousand years. The Bible says, that old serpent, the devil, and Satan. So that's one of the ways. Also, the power of the world governing body comes from the dragon himself. And the Bible says that in the end time, they will worship the dragon. The dragon, again, is Satan himself. It's not the nation of China. And so from the scriptures, that's why we say that China, the, the only time that China might be mentioned in the Bible, as far as I know, is Revelation chapter 9, when, when the Bible talks about a 200 million men army that will come against, um, that will participate in World War III. That could be China, because China is one of the three entities on the planet that can field an army of 200 million soldiers. However, in um, Revelation chapter 13, the dragon, given the entity its seat, power, and great authority, that is Satan, not the nation of China. All right. That, in other words, the Bible doesn't say much that China is dragon, right? You would that's, say so? Yeah, that's absolutely correct. It, it doesn't say that anywhere. Okay. Now, yeah. this is the second question. Hopefully, yes. it will be fast. Yeah. At the end times, Christians will be persecuted. Everything will be hard for, for, for Christians. Looking to the politics in the U.S. now, it seems like it's not going to be possible the conservative, the truth-seeking citizen win the presidency or Congress or anything in the politics arena. Yes. Would you agree with me? I know I didn't expect you for the prediction. Yeah, no. It seems like, <laughs> it seems like everything is toward going south instead no, of I, going so to get the panel. I totally agree with you. However... You have to understand that, number one, it's prophesied in the Bible that the United States will not be fully engaged in the world governing body in the end time and that we will stand with and protect Israel throughout the end time. That's Revelation 12, 14. Well, I know that it doesn't look like that at this point. However, just prior to the tearing down of the Berlin Wall, the Bible, the Bible prophesies that the Berlin Wall would be torn down the two Germanys would reunite, and that would be the catalyst that would launch us into a new world order. And my father-in-law put that in a book back in 1986, three years before it happened. In 1989, and all of his friends, when he put that in a book, all of his friends said, Irvin Baxter, don't put that in a book. That's crazy. You'll lose your credibility. Nobody's ever going to have you preach. You'll be swept into the dustbin of history. Nobody will pay attention to you. He said, look, it's in the prophecies of the Bible, and the prophecies always come to pass. So he published it in a book, A Message for the President. And three years later, when it came to pass, all of the news agencies, people all over the world said, Irvin Baxter, how in the world did you know that was going to happen? It looked impossible a few weeks ago. And he said, because it's in the prophecies of the Bible. So when we look at things in the near future, the, the political situation in America, um, the, the, uh, you know, how it looks like it's com going almost completely communist, it's certainly socialistic, but it looks like it's headed towards communism. And you say there's no way. They're Joe Biden's really anti-Israel, and uh, it's, it looks hopeless. Here's the thing, Jules. The prophecies of the Bible will always come to pass. It does not matter how um, impossible it looks. The prophecies will always come to pass. We know there's some great resets coming. Number one, there's going to be a World War III. After World War III... 
this whole thing could shift and look entirely different in just a very short period of time. The, after World War III, that's going to be the entrance ramp for the Antichrist. The nations of the world will yield up their sovereignty to the world governing body, but the Bible does not mention the eagle's wings in that world governing body in Revelation 13. So that lets us know that we are not going to be fully engaged in the world governing body, even if it looks impossible at this point. There have been prophecies in the past that even just a few short months before they occurred, it completely looked impossible. But then something dramatic happened and, I mean, Gorbachev was a communist, but yet he stood and applauded when the, when the Berlin Wall was torn down. So even when things look completely impossible, God has already seen the end from the beginning and He said, this is how it's all going to play out. So I hold to that. I, I know the prophecies are going to come to pass. So I'm, you know, I, that's what we're going to go with because they always have up to this point, Jules. Yep. Well, thank you so, thank you very much. Your, yes. your ministry is really a blessing. All right. Well, thank you much for the call. And, and I can tell you've been studying. And so God bless you, my friend. You have a great weekend. Yes, you too. Thank you. Bye-bye. Okay, we're going right back. Uh, Linda in Virginia. God bless, my friend. Welcome to <laughs> the End Time Show. Thank you, Dave. I have a quick question mm -hmm. about uh, since you're th talking about post-trip and pre-trip. Yes. Daniel 12:1. It says that uh, time of anguish greater than any since nations first came into existence. Mm -hmm. But at that time, every one of your people whose name is written in the book will be rescued. Yes. So that being said, isn't that that mean we'll we be rescued before the tribulation? And and in Luke twenty one thirty six it says almost the same. Keep alert at all times and pray that you might be strong enough to escape this coming horrors and mm -hmm. stand before the Son of God. Mm -hmm. So from that two scriptures mm -hmm. I feel like escape before Great tribulation. Yeah. So, it, so let's go. Let's just take them one by one. Daniel 12.1. I'm reading from the King James Version here. The Bible says, At the time, now this is talking about the great tribulation. The Bible says, At that time shall Michael stand up, the great prince, which standeth for the children of thy people, and there shall be a time of trouble. This is just what Jesus prophesied in Matthew 24. A time of trouble such as never was since there was a nation, even to that same time. And at that time thy people shall be delivered, every one that shall be found written in the book. And Daniel 12, 2 says, And many of them shall sleep in the dust uh, of the earth shall awake, some to everlasting life, and some to shame everlasting contempt. That, is, that does not say anywhere there that the people will escape the tribulation. There will be people that will be delivered after, immediately after the tribulation, but not before. It does not say that they will be taken out. When it talks about people being delivered there, it's not saying that they will be kept from tribulation. You understand, Linda, that there has never been a time on, in the last 2,000 years that Christians have been delivered from persecution. You understand, 11 of the 12 of the first apostles were martyred. And look at all the millions of Christians that have been killed 
by the Catholic Church and the Spanish Inquisition and the Crusades and all the different things that would not renounce their faith to the true Christian doctrine. And so, are we better than any of them to say, well, somehow in the end we'll be counted worthy enough to not have to go through persecution? There, there's no scriptures in the Bible that say that. And that's not what this is referring to here. When it says we'll be delivered, yeah, those whose names are written in the book, they absolutely will be delivered. And, but it's after the Great Tribulation. Now let me go on with your, uh, with your scriptures here because I want you to get this from all the scriptures. The Bible says, right. Luke 21, 36, watch ye, there, watch ye therefore and pray always that ye may be accounted worthy to escape all these things that shall come to pass and to stand before the Son of Man. So here's the deal. Can I be counted worthy and yet the apostles were not counted worthy to, to, to escape persecution? No. That's not what this is saying here. What does Luke 21, 36 mean? Well, to understand that, you've got to go to Revelation um, chapter 14. The Bible says at the time here, And I heard a voice from heaven saying unto me, Right, blessed are the dead which die in the Lord from henceforth. Yea, saith the Spirit, that they may rest from their labors, and their works do follow them. There will be people, my father-in-law, Irvin Baxter, he labored his entire life, basically, in the kingdom of God, building the kingdom of God. He was a minister, an evangelist, and yet he passed on prior to the Great Tribulation being here. So he is going to escape these things. However, it does not say that the rapture, where the Lord will send His angels with the great sound of a trump to gather the elect, the scriptures do not say that that event will occur prior to the Great Tribulation. You see, the Bible says, Linda, that the apostles counted it all worthy to suffer for the name of Jesus Christ. Because look at what He did for us. He came and died for us. He paid the ultimate sacrifice. So when the apostles were, they, the, the magistrates told them, don't go teach in Jesus' name. They would go to the synagogue and preach Jesus' name anyway. They would bring them in. They said, we told you not to teach Jesus' name. They would beat their backs, put them in jail, and the next morning they'd let them out of jail, and guess what they did? They would go right back up and teach in the synagogue because they counted it worthy to suffer for the name of Jesus Christ. Well, when we get to the Great, the great Tribulation that's just ahead of us, the Bible doesn't say that we will be taken out because we're count, somehow counted worthy to escape persecution because no Christians have ever been counted worthy to escape persecution, but there will be some that pass on prior to the Great Tribulation getting here, and that's what these scriptures are referring to. Um, and I tell you what, I'm coming up to another break here. Hold over the break and we'll get back into it when we get back. I've been part of the End Time family from the beginning over 30 years ago when my parents, Irvin and Judy Baxter, began the ministry from the recliner in our living room. My name is Jana Robbins. I have the pleasure of connecting with our incredible partners every day. Endtime is a small nonprofit that runs a high traffic website, a daily TV and radio show, the Prophecy College in Jerusalem, and more. Although we have less than 30 team members, we are able to serve tens of millions of people each month. We survive on the goodness of God and donations averaging about $50. If everyone hearing this message gave $22, our financial needs would be met for the year. If you only give to one cause per month, 
please consider partnering with End Time to help get the message of our soon coming King out to the world. Call us at 1-800-END-TIME to give today or go to endtime.com to become a monthly or one-time partner. Okay, um, Linda, are you still here? Yes, I am. Very good. There's one question. Yep, absolutely. So what is it uh, that Luke 21, 36 said? Yeah. Who so escaped? So who escaped from what? It, is right. That, that you mean escape mean like orphan? So good people will die before great tribulation? Is yeah. that what it means? Yeah, the Bible says that there some okay. will pass on. And those are the okay. ones that will have escaped the Great Tribulation. It's not that people will be raptured out of here before that. And um, there's another scripture that a lot of people go to, 1 Thessalonians 5, 9. For God hath not appoint, appointed us to wrath, but to obtain salvation by our Lord and Savior Jesus Christ. That's simply talking about when um, the Bible says that in Revelation 16, when it goes into the wrath of God, Revelation 16... Um, I think it's verse 15. It says, uh, Behold, I come as a thief. Blessed is he that watcheth and keepeth his garments, lest he walk naked and they see his shame. The wrath of God will not be poured out upon the church. The wrath of God is reserved. The first vial is for those that receive the mark of the beast during the great tribulation. The rest of the vials of the wrath of God are poured out upon the, mainly the armies that come against Israel at the battle of Armageddon. And so, but that's not appointed to the church. The church, the wrath of God will not be poured out upon the church. But the wrath of Satan, the Bible specifically tells us, is against Israel and those that have the testimony of Jesus Christ, which is the church. And he persecutes Israel for three and a half years. It tells us right there in Revelation 12. That's the great tribulation that was spoken of in Daniel 12.1. Okay. All right. And here's the deal, okay. Linda. I want, I want you to understand before we get off the phone. I'm not somebody that says, yeehaw, let's go through the tribulation. I, I, I'm, not, uh, I'm not exactly excited about it. However, I can't negate all of the scriptures that absolutely prove a post-tribulation rapture. And so that's, that's why we teach that. I'm not trying to be a maverick out here and a rebel and say, yeehaw, we're teaching our own thing. Um, I, I simply want to teach the truth. And that's why, you know, we, we, we've got to teach these things. Um, and, you know, here in the near future, we may do another program on, uh, we, we've, we wrote a document here a while back, 26 absolute proofs in a post-tribulation rapture. I may go through that on the program here coming up before very long. Because the thing is, Linda, not one verse in the Bible will uh, contradict another. So if there's, a, right, if there's right. a verse in there that says the church is going through the rapture, there's not one verse in the Bible that will contradict that. Or the church is going through the tribulation. There's not one verse in the Bible that will contradict that. And so we, we want to understand the truth. I'm a truth seeker. And here's what I've asked for for years. If someone can give me a verse or passage in the Bible that says when the Lord comes, He will send His angels with the great sound of a trumpet to gather His elect unto Him. And 
that that event occurs before the Great Tribulation, I'll change what I teach. But the thing is, I've asked for that for years and years and years now. It's not in there. However, G, G, yeah, one, go ahead. One more question. Yeah, go ahead. So Luke 21, 36, yep. is it safe if, we, if somebody, great Christian, died right now, yeah. we can say, lucky them, God bless them, because they escaped from great tribulation. Yep. Is that That's exactly what okay, you can say. Perfect. Yeah. Okay. Yeah, my father-in-law so father escaped the tribulation, but it's not because he was found worthy of God to escape, because... If that was the case, none of the apostles would have been martyred. Nobody's worthy. But the Bible simply says that these people have ceased from their labors and their works to follow them. It's Revelation chapter 14. Okay. Yep. Thank you so much, Dave. All right. God bless you, my friend, and thank you for listening. We certainly appreciate it. Thank you. Okay. Bye -bye. All right. God bless you. Have a great weekend. Let's go to uh, Richard in Indiana. God bless Richard. Welcome to the End Time Show. Hello, Dave. How are you? I'm tremendous. How are you, my friend? Good, good. Um, I've got a, um, a comment. Um, now, the two witnesses are killed, and they lie three days in the street? That is correct. Okay. Now, if the people, the, the people rejoice, now if the people had seen a previous rapture, a post, uh, not a post, but um, pre-trib or mid-trib, yes. if they had seen a rapture occur, would they be rejoicing knowing that those witnesses would rise again? Um, unless it was somebody that believed that there will be, that are many parts to the first resurrection. Now, <laughs> and there, and because some do. And they would say, well, there was the first part, which happened seven years ago, and then this is part of that first resurrection. I've had those conversations, Richard, and so uh, I've had people actually say that. Okay. Yeah. Okay. I can't see, I can't see the people rejoicing, it, uh, have, uh, knowing that the, um, knowing that a rapture already had occurred and that the wit two witnesses would probably rise from the dead. Yeah. No, I understand what you're saying totally. And, well, the, so number one, let me clarify something. The Bible says that they will lay in the streets for three and one-half days. Okay, three, not and, three and a half days. days. I'm and sorry. I just want to make sure because somebody will say, Dave, you said three days the other day. So okay. it, it's three and a half days. However, um, the... <laughs> The Bible says that when they, when they are called up, the Bible says in that same hour that yeah. that's when there's a great earthquake, the 10th part of the city fell, and that's when the seventh angel sounded. So that, that's the rapture right there. The rapture occurs yeah. one time, yeah. and it's right there at the end of the Great Tribulation. I, I mean, I'm right there with you, Richard. Okay. Yep. You take care. All right. God bless you, my friend. Thank you for listening. Thank okay. Uh, let's go to... Uh, Bob, right here in Texas. God bless Bob. Welcome to the End Time Show. Hello, Dave. How are you today, brother? I'm doing tremendous, my friend. How are you? I am vertical. Come on now. <laughs> <laughs> hey, listen. Uh, I, I, sometime back, I had heard uh, Doctor Irvin talking about, uh, Doctor Baxter talking about the um, uh, the mark of the beast. And what I understood from his conversation was, and you can correct me if I got it wrong, but I understood he he was saying that. No piece of technology is going to damn your soul. 
It's not until you actually take an allegiance or an oath to the yes. Antichrist that will damn your soul. That's correct. That's absolutely so correct. So no chip, yeah. no card, nothing like that is going to damn your soul. Yes. So that's the thing. And the, the worst part about the mark of the beast would not be taking a chip. In other words, so here's the deal. There are people, even here in America, there's some people, there's a company up in Wisconsin, I can't remember the name of it off the top of my head, but they had a, what was called a chip party here a few years ago. They put chips in their hand to be able to gain access to their building and some different things, run the copier and all this stuff because they wanted to track people. But can I say that those people have taken the mark of the beast? No. But in the near future, if, the, if a chip is given out and they say, okay, you're going to take this chip or you're not going to be able to buy or sell, and we're going to use that chip to economically sanction you, to get you to pledge allegiance, thereby worshiping the Antichrist, then it becomes the mark of the beast. However, what I've always said is because that's getting too close, I'll never take a mark of identification. I'll never take a chip under my skin. No, no way. That's two things. And then also, I'll never pledge allegiance to the Antichrist and his world governing system. But can I say right now that those people that have taken a chip in their hand that have taken the mark of the beast? No. But there will come a time when I will say, you know, that's part of it. And, and I certainly would not do that because you're, you know, um, you're, you're conforming to the edicts of that system, and that's something we simply cannot do in the future. Right. Yeah. Well, you know, it, it, I was thinking, you know, like your credit cards and stuff like that, even like different websites and things you go to, oftentimes you have to sign on to the terms of service. Yeah. Now, if, if you, you know how most people just click yes. They don't read all of that. <laughs> yep. What if they put in there, I am, you know, granting my allegiance to the Antichrist, and you didn't read that, you didn't realize that that's what you did, would you, your soul be damned in that case? Well, the thing is, is that you will know. There, 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 so there's not going to be any mistaking taking the mark of the beast. You will know that I have to bow down to the edicts of the world governing system and yield my sovereignty to that, or your number that you use to function in society will be invalidated. You won't be able to function in society. The Bible says without this number, they're not going to be able to buy or sell. So you'll, th nobody's going to mistake this. When the, when, the, when, the, when the world governing body, the, the Antichrist, hands down his edicts, what he wants everybody to do, you'll have to conform to that. You'll know. There's not going to be any mistaking taking the mark of the beast. God's not going to send anybody to hell for something they mistakenly did unawares. It's a choice. I'm going to pledge allegiance to. The Bible says they will worship that beast and, the, and, the, and Satan and the Antichrist. It's going to be a pledge of allegiance to them. Not, and I understand what you're saying by t check marking something. Maybe in the beginning it will be like that. But there will come a time when you're going to pledge allegiance to this world governing leader. And, or he's going to try to economically sanction you. The Bible says before it's all over with that they're going to end up persecuting people and killing them. It's not going to be a, a, an accidental type situation, Bob. Okay. Well, yeah. you know, the devil likes to trick people. I, I, I'm very aware of that. <laughs> <laughs> but I, believe me, I will be screaming on the radio, D this is it. Don't do that. I mean, believe me. And if I'm going to err, Bob, I'm going to err on the side of caution and conservatism and uh, making sure that, no, if it's, if it's close to that, 
I'm not going to do it. Because well, yeah, I'm, I'm not, I'm not gonna, I'll never take a chip under my skin. Yeah, I, I would mean, never get a tattoo on my skin or anything amen. like that. I don't even understand why people love tattoos like they do. My kids are crazy about tattoos, mm-hmm. and I can't stand them. But, uh, yeah. Dave, I sure appreciate you answering my question. Absolutely, Bob. Well, God bless you, my friend. You have a great weekend. You too, brother. Okay. Very quickly, uh, Nick out in California. God bless Nick. Welcome to the End Time Show. Hey, Dave. Love you guys, man. You're awesome. Quick question. You always say that, um, you know, God will get us through, which I believe it. But, um, you know, he, he also told, the, you know, the virgins that didn't prepare, you know, I never, you know, I never knew. You can't come in. I never knew you. Yeah. Uh, should we all be like, you know, Atlas Shrug and, and John Galt? Shouldn't we be like, you know, getting ready for this? as a Christian uh, community? Yeah. So, I mean, that's my question. Yeah, well, the thing is, is that the when the Lord talked about the virgins in Matthew chapter 25, He was right. talking about them being ready as far as their salvation goes. Right. And when, he, when the Bible says that they let their lamps go dry, that was them having the power of the Holy Ghost. Some of them had let their oil run out, and right. when the bridegroom came, they were off trying to get more oil. And so that's what it was talking about. It was talking about salvation-wise, not necessarily physical prepping for the things of head. Although, I don't think there's necessarily anything wrong with that. However, the Bible says that the church in the end time, that they that do know their God shall be strong and do exploits. They that understand among the people shall instruct many. You can't do that if you're locked in a hole somewhere up in Colorado uh, you know what I'm saying? In other words, the church is supposed to be mobile and reaching the world with preaching and teaching the gospel of the kingdom of God. However, well, couldn't you do both? Well, and hold up in a in a cave out in the middle of somewhere? No, I don't no, know. No, no, no. But as far as far as just simple preparation, I don't think there's anything wrong with that. I'll be honest with everybody. I got a few buckets of that 25 year food put away too. So, just to let everybody know, hey Nick, I thank you for the call. It's the end of the program. God bless you all, and you have a great weekend.